Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. President Trump went on the Twitter offensive this weekend against his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, calling him a rat. Cohen was sentenced to three years in prison for crimes that included hush money payments to women who said they had affairs with Trump. Trump's current lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, made the rounds of the Sunday talk shows trying to discredit Cohen and saying federal prosecutors are misinterpreting campaign finance law. Here he is on ABC's This Week. You do not pursue a president of the United States for a questionable interpretation of a statute. That is completely wrong. It's harassment. Joining me is Robert Mintz, a former federal prosecutor and a partner at McCarter in English. Bob, let's go over some of the claims that Giuliani made. First, that these payments, which a judge sentenced Cohen to prison for, are not criminal. Well, uh, clearly, uh, the judge believed they were criminal because he accepted the plea. And I think the other major revelation last week was that not only did you have Michael Cohn saying that he violated campaign finance laws, but you also had the Southern District essentially telling the judge that they had sufficient corroborating evidence to support what Michael Cohen was saying in connection with that guilty plea, because prosecutors will never allow an individual to plead guilty to a crime based solely upon their own testimony. There has to be evidence that prosecutors can represent to the judge. They would be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt had the case gone to trial. So what that means is that there had to have been other evidence that prosecutors in the Southern District have to corroborate what Michael Cohen was saying, such that they believe they could have convicted him if he had decided not to plead guilty. Now, Giuliani often, and Trump does as well, compares the case against Trump to the case against former North Carolina Senator John Edwards, who was acquitted by a jury on charges that he'd been similarly involved in hush money payments to a woman that he'd had an affair with. Is that a fair comparison? Does that show, as Giuliani contends, that this is not a criminal act? Well, there's a couple of responses to that. I mean, first of all, the government brought that case as a criminal action, and the court and the judge in that case permitted it to proceed to the jury as a criminal action. So the theory of prosecuting an individual for campaign finance uh, violations for these in-kind contributions was not something that was questioned by the court. Ultimately, the jury simply found there was not enough evidence to show that John Edwards knew that campaign money was being used to pay off his paramour. And these cases really turn on the question of the intent of the individual. So the question is whether these payments were being made simply to 
protect somebody's reputation or whether it was being paid uh, in order to affect the election in some way. And the answer could be both. And as long as there is at least part of the payment that is being done in order to affect the outcome of the election, that will be enough to sustain a criminal conviction. But you have to show, prosecutors have to show that the payment was made in order to affect the election, in order to get a conviction. And also the fact that John Roberts wasn't convicted doesn't mean that someone else who is charged with that won't be convicted. It depends on the facts of each case. Yeah, these cases are incredibly fact-specific. You're absolutely right. The theory of prosecuting somebody for having these payments that affect their reputation but at the same time could affect the outcome of the election, that was not rejected by the court. So the court accepted that as a legal theory. Otherwise, the case would have been dismissed on its face and it never would have even reached a jury. Instead, it really is a fact-specific question. And here the facts, uh, as in every case, are are obviously very different. Probably the more difficult case is the one involving the National Enquirer, because that is one in which the payments were clearly made in order to affect the election, at least according to the testimony not only of Michael Cohen, but also of the National Enquirer, who entered into a non-prosecution agreement. But in order to do so, they had to admit that those payments that were made in order to bury the story about Karen McDougal, a woman who allegedly had an affair with President Trump, that that was done specifically in order to affect the outcome of the election. But one thing I found very interesting interesting that Giuliani said. He said that if they're going to try to tie the president into Cohen's crimes, that he would have charged Cohen with conspiracy, some kind of conspiracy, and that when he was uh, leading that federal prosecutor's office, that that's what he would have done. Do you think that that would be necessary to charge him with some kind of conspiracy? Uh, It's not necessary. I mean, it is common to have circumstances where you may have somebody who is what's called an unindicted co-conspirator, somebody who is mentioned as a co-conspirator, and there are certain evidentiary issues that come into play when somebody is a co-conspirator versus not being a co-conspirator. But it's certainly not necessary in order to allege that somebody also participated or directed a crime, as prosecutors have alleged here in, in the information that Michael Cohen pled guilty to, where the reference to President Trump was clearly individual number one. So there's a clear rec- uh, there's a clear record in this case that prosecutors believed that the president had directed these illegal payments, and now it's really a question of what other corroborating evidence they're able to put together to substantiate the possibility that there was this criminal activity involving President Trump. Just about a minute here. Go into for a moment Giuliani's claims and and also Trump's claims that, well, he was my lawyer. And so, you know, I listened to him. Does that get you off the hook? Sure. That's a very interesting legal question, because there is a defense that is used uh, quite frequently when lawyers are involved in criminal cases called advice of counsel. So if you go in and you meet with your attorney and you tell your attorney the truth and you tell your attorney the complete truth and you seek legal advice and the attorney advises you to do something, if it turns out that what you did was illegal, you can use that as an affirmative defense to say that I provided this information to my attorney, I sought their legal advice, and they gave me an answer which happened to be wrong. But I'm entitled to rely on that advice. But in this case, the president would have to establish that he was using Michael Cohen as a lawyer and not a businessman, All right. and that he sought advice. Thank advice. you, Bob. That's Robert Mintz, former federal prosecutor, partner in McCarter in English. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. 
You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.